All right. Blade so Runner. we need to cover Blade Runner 2049, yes. which I went to see at the IMAX in Waterloo, the big IMAX. Uh, unfortunately, I accidentally booked to see it in 3D, oh. which meant that a, a reasonable amount of it was a little bit blurry, although it got better as it went on. I adjusted gradually, but quite slowly. Okay, yeah. Uh, but that was that took the edge off the experience for me. Mm. Um, but can we have your um, professional opinion? Okay. Of Blade Runner twenty fourteen. My professional opinion is that it's a work of genius. Um, beautiful to look at. I mean, just jaw droppingly beautiful. Uh, to the point where, you know, this has been shot by Roger Deakins, who's been nominated so many times for best Oscar for cinematography and has never won it. Um, he says that he's not bothered about that. He's really happy for all the people who've won it and not him, um, which is very... <laughs> I'm really I'm happy really for happy all the people, for who've, all won the people who've won it and not and me. Not me. Um, <laughs> but honestly, if he doesn't win for this, uh, he should um, just stop, really, because... Uh, <laughs> He shouldn't. Stop. Well, no, he shouldn't stop. But but it's just it just looks incredible. The look of it, the soundtrack is evocative of the Vangelis soundtrack from the original Blade Runner, but takes it in a completely different direction in many ways. Um, the soundtrack is by Hans Zimmer and a collaborator. Yeah, uh, performances are incredible. So uh, Ryan Gosling is perfect as K. Uh, can we spoil anything, or should we not spoil for Blade Runner? Let's try not to spoil. Okay. I, I, I don't know whether I'll be able to stop myself. Okay, we'll so uh, Ryan Gosling is perfect as Kay, who is a Blade Runner in uh, the year 2049. Who I'm going to talk about stuff that's been talked about in reviews and that is in the trailer, okay. so I'm, but nothing okay. else. Yeah, yeah, talk about stuff in the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's a Blade Runner. He is tasked with um, cleaning up uh, Nexus later Nexus model replicants and he uh, comes across uh, a secret and then that is that is then the driving plot of the film I'm not wanting to talk about anything else really because mm -hmm. I've heard people mm -hmm. spoil stuff of this in reviews and I think it's wrong I think that you mm -hmm. need to come into this film as cold as possible to enjoy it fully I think I agree um, can I give you a little bit of my unprofessional yes opinion? please do yes so it's hard to overestimate how inflated my expectations okay, were for this okay. film by the time by the time I walked into right. it. I because I was getting to go out of the house mm -hmm. and then go to the IMAX, which is very exciting and special. Yeah. Actually the first time I've been to the IMAX in my life, I think. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. And because I really think Blade Runner is a really amazing film. Yeah, it is. And having having originally thought, well, this is going to be rubbish because how could you do Blade Runner justice? Yeah. Basically, you had convinced me that the director was to be trusted. Yes. I'd seen the trailers and the imagery, and it just looked amazing. So I walked into it thinking, this is going to be one of the best experiences of my mm -hmm. life. And it was. Oh, really? Okay. It delivered. It was yeah. amazing. There are going to be people who say the film is too long. Oh, no. But no. I was sitting there thinking, 
I cannot believe I get to experience this for this much time. Yep. <laughs> it was just... I didn't want it to end. So And good. I could see yes. the end coming. I was thinking, no, I don't want it to end. I want another half an hour of this because it's so good. It was so good. And I don't want to talk about most of it for the reasons that you've said. But there is one thing I want to talk about, which I hope won't spoil mm-hmm. it. Um, which is, you know, I always ask you, what was the meaning or what was the point of this yeah. film? And I feel like... For me personally, I have quite a strong feeling of what the meaning of this film mm-hmm. is. And for me, it's like, so original Blade Runner was kind of, but what does it really mean to be human or something yeah. like that? Um, this, for me, develops that idea really specifically. And the specific thing is, do we actually have any free will or influence over the world mm. or uh, agency at all? And there's one character in it who is uh, not even a robot, but a computer program. Yes, that's right, yeah. But that character fully feels that they have agency, that they are a person. And it seems pretty clear to me that the the level of kind of personhood that they have is kind of near zero. Mm. And that's actually a theme for a lot of the other characters in the film, that they believe they're important or that they have agency, they can control what happens and so on, and or have influence over the world. And actually, they have next to no influence. They hardly exist as people. Yeah. And that, for me, is modern life, or life maybe, the human condition. But we kind of go through life feeling like there's a kind of a agency, an influence over the world, a point to our lives, whatever, however you want to put it. And really, maybe it asks the question. This film, maybe that's an illusion. Yeah, maybe. And it is a horrifying question, because to some extent, it's kind of self-evidently true that we don't really have any major effect over anything important. Mm. But it's also something that we do not want to accept or believe about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I think. Um it, you know, uh, I don't want to give away any spoilers about who K is, mm-hmm. um, because that's you know that's a very important part of the film. But there have been I've seen people complaining about the how uh, female characters in the film are treated badly, and mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. want to address that mainly by quoting what film critic Mark Comode said was that. The police chief is a woman, played by mm-hmm. uh, Robin Wright. She's a proper character. She's a proper character. She's really rounded. She's got he, She's yeah. got Kay's back all the time. Um, she's a great character, actually. The Yeah, she's a character. She's different from a lot of female characters. Yeah. Because she... You're, you're kind of with her, in a way. Often you're looking at female yeah. characters. And with her, I felt that I was looking through her eyes or, you know, with her. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, So the leader of the resistance is a woman, Mm -hmm. powerful woman. Um, uh, There's a very important female character that I won't go into any detail about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, the, the powerful replicant that is like the equivalent in this film of Roy Batty um, is also a woman 
And these mm. are all really important, strong female characters. And They are. I mean, that doesn't change the fact that this, this is a film about the sort of agonising struggle in the head of a strong, silent man, right? Which is so many films can be described indeed. that way. Yes, indeed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but the, I agree there are some good supporting female characters better than most films Oh, definitely have, better. But it is fundamentally about what it's like to be inside the head of a man. Yes. Yeah, it is about that. Yeah. Um, so Blade Runner 2049 is a stunning piece of work. I've been reading reports that it's not doing very well at the box office mm. and may not make its budget back, which would be a surprise to me, I think. I was um, I was blown away by it. I, it took me about a day to be able to say anything mm, meaningful about it. Yeah. I just wanted to just be quiet and let it let the experience sink yeah. in. It's stunning. I mean there, there's a scene in it um where Kay meets Deckard. And he asks Deckard has a dog. And um Kay asks Deckard if the dog is a replicant. And Deckard in you know Harrison Ford doing his best grumpy Harrison Ford says, "Why don't you ask him?" <laughs> it's just brilliant. Um, yeah, it uh, it weaves its spell and it you know it it is an astonishingly good piece of work. Um, I mean, I thought it would be good. I just didn't think it would be as good as it was. It was um, yeah. and it, and it you know. From the first few frames of the film, you feel like, okay, I'm in safe hands. This looks like Blade Runner. It feels like Blade Runner. It sounds like Blade Runner. And yeah, that's all you but, want. But not in a, but it's not derivative. No, it doesn't go nowhere. It's its own film. It's its own story. And actually, although seeing the original, if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely, absolutely watch it. But you don't need mm-hmm. to have seen the original to watch this film. It gives you everything that you, you need think? to know. I think it gives you everything. I think you need you'd to know. be better. You'd be much better off watching the original film first, though. I think uh, it would definitely be good if you did because it's a classic and you should watch it. But it increases the gravity of the of the things that happen in the second film. Yes, I think it does. But I think you could watch twenty forty nine as without having seen the original so i think what i'm right. saying is yeah, what i'm right. saying yeah. to listener yeah. is that if you haven't seen the original uh you should still go and see 2049 at the cinema whilst it's still there right. uh, that's important okay. yeah because it is worth okay. it to see it in a, on a big I screen. i don't know whether that's i guess yeah seeing it on a big screen but it's surely going to get re-released on a big screen so basically what you should do is quickly go and watch blade runner <laughs> and then go and watch it yeah very quickly yeah very quickly. the um the so slight slight drawbacks for me i thought the the main bad guy man was a bit of a caricature that i didn't like oh, yeah. and i think the disturbing mm. uh violence against women like whether i feel ambiguous about that so i think maybe maybe the whole attitude of 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 the film to women or to the of the some of the characters mm. male characters to women I, it felt to me like it was showing us ourselves rather than being part of the problem, but it's still pretty disturbing and it still fits a pattern of. I think that it is disturbing, but I think that there's much more disturbing stuff happening in real life. 
That's true. Um, so yeah. if if it's showing us stuff, maybe you can justify. I don't know, but it still fits a pattern of. Um, you, we see a lot of violence against women and objectification of women. Well, in, yes, on the screen. What I would say about the objectification is that it's it's a dystopian future, in which some very morally dubious things are happening, and it portrays those things sometimes with a very unflinching gaze. Yeah. Um, and some people yeah, I, might I, I have difficulty a, with that. For, for a yeah. mainstream, I guess there's a wider question of whether even in the context where it fits with the plot, you know, someone made up that plot, right? And is it, is it okay? Yes, but, I know, think I, it's it justified. When yeah. I was watching it, I didn't feel like I was watching something that perpetuated the bad stuff. But, you know, I think, I think I the scene that you're talking about that I'm not going to go into detail about is justified in that it shows the, um, the new owner of what remains of the Tyrrell Corporation because it's in the opening crawl and it's been in the reviews that the Tyrrell Corporation no longer exists. Mm -hmm. uh, a new corporation has basically bought up all the assets and are still making replicants. But they claim that their new mm -hmm. replicants are more malleable than the old ones were. Mm -hmm. um, because the old ones don't like to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there's a scene involving the new owner of that company who's played by Jared Leto. Um... Mm -hmm proving that he has you know that they will do whatever he wants and that's quite disturbing yeah, it's quite disturbing yeah. but it's supposed to be disturbing yeah but that doesn't mean it's okay to portray even in that context it's not okay but, but it yeah. but in the context of what it's showing it it communicates what it needs to communicate yeah i think i certainly don't yeah i think it's a debate that's worth having yep um, what was I going to say though? Um, yeah, so the just back to my point about agency and feeling like you have influence, you, like you're in control of your life or you're mm. not. These new replicants have been designed basically not to really have any free yes, will. Yes, they have. Yeah, that's right. So that that really that totally fits. That's part of the picture that I was saying about this this meaning that I feel the film has. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone on far too long for a bonus. <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah. But, but it's worth it's it. It's hard not to go on about it's it. It's worth it. Go see it. Yeah, definitely. And allow your expectations to drift upwards a bit because it's great. It's really great. Also, um, if you've seen the original and you're aware of the fact that Harrison Ford's character in the final cut or the um, ultimate cut, whatever it is, uh, there's mm -hmm. allusions to the fact that he might be a replicant. That question is not answered in 2049. <laughs> or is it, listener? Yeah. I don't know. That, that that question seems pretty clear to me in both films. But is it? Is he? Well, I won't tell you. In which no, way no, okay. Let's talk about it after, after we go off air. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. See Thank you next you. time.